0: As a child, I made people laugh. But adulthood has rendered me anxious and afraid to be funny. Knock Knock Me Again follows me on an anxiety-inducing experiment to discover whether I can learn to be a stand-up comedian. I travel to people's living rooms, sit them down upon their sofa and perform comedy at them, an excruciating encounter for both parties. My guest and I then discuss the experience over a cup of tea. What went well? What went badly? What most crucially why we discuss topics such as context environment zeitgeist subjectivity comic timing and lots more my journey is a piece of social psychological and philosophical research addressing questions about mental health and human interaction this experiment will span one year from christmas 2022 to christmas 2023 when i'll hopefully give a live performance to a crowd having learned whatever i've learned along the way This podcast makes the most sense when listened to in order since the narrative runs through it. I'll be releasing new episodes throughout the year and I'd love for you to join me on my journey by subscribing to my podcast. I'm Tana Chamberlain and this is... Me Again. Wish me luck. You're going to give me a score out of ten and any opening remarks. I'm giving you an eight for being make for provoking that so much four out of 10 might seem quite harsh um, still biscuits. <laughs> actually you provoked a lot of well, the material was really funny maybe i was gonna give you yeah. a six. Yeah. wasn't maybe it wasn't so funny <laughs> but I put some of the delivery um maybe let the material down but, uh, i was actually pretty happy with the jokes i think a lot of the jokes were good a solid uh four <laughs> ten. <act. laughs> but as a first <laughs> effort i thought good and then you came in and we're we're playing this very kind of uncomfortable and isn't that what comedy's for yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to that make that you is. think so hard is it Mega. To make you laugh. well we laughed a little too almost anti-social kind of <laughs> were you expecting me to go whoa, 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 i was, at ex- every, I was every expecting joke. you to be a bit more generous i'm <laughs> glad <laughs> yeah. just like why are you so awkward Welcome to mini-season two of Knock Knock, Me Again. You may remember from the previous episode, the review episode which ended the first mini-season, that for this batch of episodes I will not have a guest, but instead I'll perform comedy to the podcast microphone. To recap. (laughs) According to many, I'm good at physical comedy, or at least better at physical comedy than I am at verbal comedy. I wonder though if that's because I'm performing these sets to a person in a room. It would be weird, for example, if they were sat on their sofa and I just performed into a microphone, focusing purely on the sound translating well for the podcast. Testing one, two, three. Watching my mixer, checking for clipping, watching my laptop, checking for technical errors. The person or persons in the room would feel like it wasn't for them and surely they would say, You were really awkward to watch. So I've come up with a plan. For this next batch of episodes, I'm not going to have a guest. I'm going to devise a comedy set purely for the podcast, perform it into the microphone, and focus on the sonic delivery of the set. I'm interested to know what difference that makes. Um, For this to work, I'm also going to provide a mini feedback form within the episode notes and invite people to answer the questions within if they want to. This is the first of those three episodes. Now might be a good time for me to say that Despite sincere plans to give myself time to work with and reflect upon the material, over the last three weeks, quite simply, life happened. Meaning that I thought about this for the first time yesterday and it's incredibly rushed and imperfect. Nonetheless, I said I'd publish an episode on Monday the 20th of February and that's upon us, so I'll share what I have. I'll keep the intro short and sweet. I've scrambled together three draft sketches and three arbitrary thoughts. The draft sketches are respectively entitled... The hip specialist, the dirt bike and global warming, global warming. I've added a feedback sheet to the episode's notes, which I'd love if you'd take a minute to fill out. What, if anything, stood out for you in a good way? For example, maybe you liked a particular bunch line. Maybe you like the general tone of the set, the rhythm, the topics chosen, character, etc. Anything goes. Maybe you just like the structure of the episode. What, if anything, stood out for you in a bad way? As above, but instead, what you didn't like. I'm going to preface this by saying that once or twice I've tried out several different ways to say something. Several ways to say something. Several different ways to say something. I've tried out several different ways to say something. I've tried out several different ways to say something. something. And kept all the attempts one after another because I sound absolutely ridiculous. 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 We... Bloody ridiculous! The hip specialist. I'll start with a fairly arbitrary true story. Once I went to a hip specialist because every time I drank alcohol, I woke up the next morning with severe pain in both of my hips. <laughs> That's not a funny bit, mate. Oh, sorry. Josh, you've given me this kind of laugh the bottom. <laughs> I think it's probably best around about now to say, I don't know what this accent's supposed to be. I'm so sorry for whoever I'm offending with this terrible accent. I don't even know what region it's from, to be honest. I think it's a mixture of lots of regions. Once I went to a hip specialist because every time I drank alcohol, I woke up the next morning with severe pain in both of my hips. That's not a funny bit, mate. Oh, sorry. It's Josh you give me this kind of laughter button. It's a bit of pressure because you've not really told me when to press it. When to press it. After the jokes. Are ah, you going to tell me which bits are the jokes? Oh, it's obvious. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I paid 120 Australian dollars to the hip specialist. <laughs> no, again, that's a No, oh, no, no. But I just thought. That's quite a lot of money to pay for an appointment. Yeah, I know, but my hips were hurting every time I drank alcohol, so I needed to get to the bottom of it. The GP was none the wiser, and private practices are competitive because the hip specialists know their value. So, so what did they say? What, the hip specialist? Aye. Said there was no connection whatsoever between alcohol and hip pain. D- did he or, or or she put you through the relevant testing? I did a couple of supervised stretches, yeah. And nothing? Nothing noteworthy? Oh. No. So did you just go home? Oh, that's you, mate. Oh, right. Oh, so. Oh, no. It's. It's just because you said. You. You said this particular podcast. Podcast. <laughs> oh, no. It's. It's just. It's just because you said. No, it's just 'cause you said that this particular pod- podcast episode was supposed to be primarily funny, and and I just wasn't wasn't sure almost what the funny part but of I've the story. I've not finished the story yet. Oh, okay, but in comedy, isn't it considered good to have sort of a steady stream of jokes so that laughter occurs almost every few seconds? I did. Oh yeah, but you keep interrupting me. To be fair, mate. Oh, so would you prefer me just to listen ideally yeah mm. because i'm the yeah. only audience member feels more like a conversation than a performance so so that's just where i got myself a bit confused i, yeah, think. I see what you mean uh, just let me get to the end of the story and then we can have a chat Perfect. Yeah? right then so i went home from the hip specialist 120 dollars out of pocket no resolution and then basically to cut a long story short very long story really? sorry I woke up one morning and realised that every time I drank alcohol, I tried to do the splits. Press it. <laughs> oh, so that's why your hips hurt every time you drank alcohol? Because you kept trying to do the splits to show off, presumably. Yeah, but don't over-explain it, because it ruins it. That's, it's sort of implied, and then the audience will take a moment to get it, and then don't they'll lie. Lie. Took me a moment. Well, yeah, because you weren't really listening, to be fair, mate. You were just playing with the canned laughter button. Mm. I'll carry on. So, anyway, get ready with the button. Okay, so, doing the splits is a strange way to show off, isn't it? One of those ones that's only acceptable when you're drunk. Imagine stopping off for a sober coffee catch-up at a friend's house. Oh, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jen. Come and have a look at this. Look at the pliability of my left armstring. Oh, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jen. Yeah. Come and have a look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at the pliability of my left armstring. How's your mum? Oh yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jen. I'm good. Oh yeah. How's your mum? Press the button. To be fair, I could I could I could just use my own laugh, couldn't I? Yeah, I suppose you could actually. And then I'll just put an echoey thing on it in the edit to make it sort of seem like there are loads of Do it again. What, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay. Um, Can anyone think of any other showing off techniques that are only acceptable when under the influence? You can answer that. Who, me? Yeah. Couldn't have been. What other ways do we tend to show off under the influence of alcohol that are acceptable because we're drunk um, but wouldn't be otherwise? Fighting? Yeah, no, but that's because that's... Because that's actually not acceptable drunk or sober. So it's a criminal offence either way. Any other Australian accent? Is that what you do when you're drunk? Sometimes, yeah. Go on then. Oh, crikey, mate. That joke about dropping down into the splits at Jen's house, that's another one where a visual demonstration would have been great. the dirt bike. As I'm riding this, I'm looking out at a field, the other side of the main road. It's about 9pm, so the road itself is quiet, but on the field beyond, there bestrides a person on a bike, journeying up and down, up and down, up and down length after length and it's driving me to distraction. I'm ready to commit murder. As I turn my attention fully and completely to the bike now since trying to focus on anything else while this noise is going on is akin to trying to answer a doctor's question about the weather in the middle of a smear test so i turn my attention fully and completely to the bike and i ask myself what the rider is getting out of this i ask myself is he making any geographical progress has he perhaps a destination such as a supermarket No, he's just doing lengths. I asked myself, might he have a cardiovascular goal? After all, people swim lengths of a pool for this very purpose. So I adjust my gaze to his posture and find that he remains sedentary, slumped over the handlebars motionless upon his vehicle, engaging fewer muscles than had he opted instead to take the bins out. And I remind myself that whilst the 50-meter field may resemble the shape of a swimming pool, it hath no water, and he hath no sportswear. I ask myself, is he perhaps doing it for the sake of the environment? No. I ask myself, is it a meditative practice, a relaxation? And my answer immediately springs to my lips, it can't be. Because of the noise, the one that I just shared with you. I ask myself, could it be for the thrill of danger? And I find that my answer is again, no. He couldn't have picked a safer field. Each length hath finished before he hath reached 30 miles an hour. I simply cannot solve the puzzle. With few options left to me, I turn in prayer to my core values, and as I search through them in my mind, I find empathy. And And I sit there, and I imagine that this boy was given a bike by his father, who he rarely sees, And he hasn't a license to take it on the roads, but he's been told that he can take it out for lengths of this particular field. And it makes him feel close to his emotionally unavailable father to ride the bike. And then I start to forgive him. And I think, do you know what? Putting yourself in someone else's shoes really does help you see a situation differently. To go global warming. This is the story about a homework task from eighteen years ago. I found an old homework planner. In it was written a homework task set by my geography teacher, which read thus. What if global warming resulted in a much warmer winter in the UK? How would our ecosystems change? Considering that now age 31 with 18 more years experience, wisdom and intelligence, with global warming a topic growing in popularity and urgency, with 18 more years scientific research presented in the news, and with global warming actually having resulted in warmer winters in the UK, and I still have absolutely no idea how to answer that question, I was interested to know my two cents on the topic age 13, since it seemed to me that the question set by my teacher was at best ambitious. I dug out the relevant workbook, quickly found the related page. I've written the question at the top, taken up four lines, underlined each one with a ruler. I mean business. Added the date, 14th of June, 2005. Summer. Sun shining through my window, warming my face. Global warming, not an issue for me. Global warming, not an issue for me. Global warming, not an issue for me. An issue for me. So I've written the title and commenced my answer. Dear Sir slash Madam And my teacher's put in red pen Who are you writing to? I don't know, do my miss Hence the yours faithfully And she's continued in red pen I did not tell you to write a letter Read the task properly Dear Sir slash Madam Thank you for your interest in global warming Three angry red question marks Dear Sir slash Madam Thank you for your interest in global warming It's pretty hot today and I can only imagine the temperature will rise beyond reason over here in the UK before long, according to my calculations. Now, I think she'd have been completely within her rights to call me out for my use of the phrase according to my calculations, um, as it's abundantly clear to me that I'd made none. I expected to find she'd written something like, You haven't made any calculations, Tanner. You can't make unfounded claims such as these. Instead, She's gone for, show your workings. Dear sir slash madame, thank you for your interest in global warming. It's pretty hot today and I can only imagine the temperature will rise beyond reason over here in the UK before long, according to my calculations. This is particularly going to be an issue in the winter. I can hear my 13-year-old self-pausing here and wondering what I'm about to write next. This is particularly going to be an issue in the winter. Since we have no polar bears over here, they'll remain unaffected. But perhaps our government will need to consider an extra public holiday in response to the loss of our traditional snow day. Not quite, your Greta Thunberg. In conclusion, same paragraph. In conclusion, our ecosystems will most assuredly change. Yours faithfully, and I kid you not, yours faithfully, from whom it may concern. Red pen. Because presumably she just wanted to finish the marking quickly and head outside to bask in the sunshine. Three arbitrary thoughts. One. There's nothing more genius than the comic poem one, two, skip a few, ninety-nine, a Two. However, it annoys me that the word wordle is six letters long rather than five. And finally, the only bad thing about ethnic diversity within friendship groups, bear with me, is you can't use your mate's ID to get into a club at 17. <laughs> Here's a little reminder to fill out the questionnaire in the episode notes if you've got a spare minute or two. That's it from me. I'll be back in three weeks with another attempt. I've been Tana Chamberlain and this is Me Again.